What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Cork Stats here on the Mayo Media Network with your host, John Legaza, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple. That's right. That's big Johnny Stud coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn. New York is always coming out the chair as always. Sun rising in the east, setting in the west. Death Taxes, bears making dookie in the woods, and the big dude getting up before the crack of dawn is always to bring you what I hope is the very best fantasy baseball content anywhere in the country, man. When you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck. Big shout again to my man Patty Mayo and Maddie best behind the scenes. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Hope I'm not letting you down. If you notice some new digs, man, I'm never afraid to continue to try and get better every single day. Remember, you really never stay the same on any given day. If you think you stayed the same, you probably got worse. Up in the production value a bit. I got the green screen going. I'm working really hard, everybody. Get up in the comments when you rate, review, and subscribe and let me know how I'm doing, man. Tell Patty that he made the right choice hooking up with me and you, the Cork Stats crew everybody today's topic we're gonna dive into some first round hitters today now I know this conversation will probably lend itself more towards point leagues than roto leagues because when you're choosing first round hitters in rotisserie leagues I mean you really have to consider steals all three of these hitters we're going to talk about today have excellent batting averages that's something that's also part of the consideration when you're thinking about the categorical balance in rotisserie baseball now again not to get into any you know offshoot arguments which is better or worse but I would say that when breaking down hitters for points leagues, I like it a little bit better because I think it more fairly represents exactly what we're trying to get to with our analysis, right? Stolen bases, not that great. We're looking for on-base percentage. Again, the on-base versus batting average conversation, maybe something that we'll tackle later on in the offseason. But for me, real baseball, we want uh, to get on base. We want to knock in runs. And these three guys all do just that. And again, I always like to preface these videos letting people know if I don't come to the conclusion that you like or if one of the breakdowns is anything less than stellar of these top-round picks. It doesn't mean I don't like them. They're the very best in the world. But when trying to parse through the details and the decision, I think it's especially important to take out the electron microscope when we're trying to you know, make that decision tied to all that draft capital and all that real-life capital if you're playing in high-stakes leagues like I am. So the three hitters at the very top, what I think of the pure hitters that really could go number one over overall in point leagues we're thinking about Juan Soto we're thinking about Vlad Guerrero and yes Bryce Harper man let's dive on in all three of these guys have never really struggled anywhere at any level but I'll bring up you know the the career stats you see them right below just to give you an idea because the focus of today's analysis will revolve around last year's statistics but I just wanted to give everyone an idea all three of these players absolutely excellent now Harper has you know, he's a little bit older, right? So he has the edge in at-bats, played appearances, experiences, and the like. But I think he's 29, so he's still in his prime. Soto and Guerrero are both, I think, 23 or younger. So even if, you know, they may not be number one now, we're going to be revisiting this every single year. As we know, growth is not linear. Every one of these players we could probably justify for the number one pick, not only this year, but for at least a couple of years to come. Well, without any further ado, as an analyst, right, it's kind of my job to dive on in for you. So let's do just that. The first place I like to look, again, like you see, the career stats are all excellent. No one's ever struggled. No one's ever in trouble. They're always on base. They all hit for average. They all hit for power. So we're just going to get into the details a bit more in today's video. The place where I like to start 
is generally with disciplinary metrics. And the reason why is I feel that they're the most you know, in control of the hitter. We know batted ball data is wonky. We don't know exactly know what's going to happen. A millimeter here or a millimeter there could greatly change the outcome. I'm more interested in discipline at the start. Right? Do you chase? Do you swing? These are things in the hitter's control. So let's look at the disciplinary metrics. I made you a sweet little chart there. There I am, overlaid over home plate. Man, I told you I came to play, bringing the heat 115 off the crack of the bat. As always, please get up in the comments. Make sure you subscribe. And if you're digging what I'm doing here, I also have some more videos on the Cork Stats YouTube channel itself. Get over there. I've been breaking down some top-end starting pitchers. Don't be afraid to get up in the comments there. I will answer them. Let me know anything you want to see, added, subtracted, or indifferent. Let's look at this first chart, your first round hitter comps with your three players that I mentioned. Now they all have had, we figure 600 played appearances last year. Remember this is only 2021. Really nothing to be desired almost anywhere across the board, but again it's our job just to dive into the details. Now Bryce Harper does strike out decidedly more than any of these other players, but at only 22%, I think that's okay. Really it's not detrimental. We do want our power hitters to be aggressive, and especially, you know, you see the walk rate is still incredible for Harper, over 16%. His K-minus walk in the single digits, as well as all of them. I left that negative data point for Soto on the graph just to show you a negative 4.6 K-minus walk. Soto's control of the plate is second to none. He is incredible. I love my boy Soto, but if you followed my work last season, I had him behind power hitters like Mike Trout because of some of the things I think we're going to talk about in this video. So if we were to just look at the disciplinary basket as far as Kane Walko, we'd have to give Soto the edge with Guerrero in the middle and Harper at last, but none of them, like I said, really being detrimental. Seem to be said for the O-swing, that's your chase rate. Everybody is below average. I mean, Juan Soto just popping off the page. 50% below the average. I'm telling you, his control is incredible. And at his age, we're truly looking at potentially one of the greatest to ever do it. Get back into the disciplinary metrics that we see. Swinging strike rate again. Harper, the worst of the three. Soto, just 50% better than the field. But none of them detrimental. 50% swinging strike rate. Maybe a bit higher than we'd like to see. But when you see the walk rate and the contact metrics that are yet to come and the on-base percentage, the swinging strike rate hasn't hurt Harper. It just means he's aggressive and you see that reflected in the swing percentage. Whiff rate for Harper, 32. Also the worst of the pack, but just not that bad. So if I'm looking at this... Though I would clearly say Soto has the best discipline, I would not be ready to throw out the baby with the bathwater. So we want to kind of be grading these compartmentalized stat baskets that I've created, which I generally do break things up into discipline, batting average, you know, elevation and batted ball quality, all the different weights on the scale when we're breaking down a player, of course. We never want any one stat to kind of tip the scale. So discipline across the board, everybody's excellent. All these guys are elite. Soto just jumping off the page, Harper at the caboose, but again, really not detrimental. Let's take a look at the batting averages. And again, these are your results from 2021. I also added in some expected stats there, which you never want to subscribe to too purely or absolutely, I should say, but they are important because they can help to point out some outliers. I mean, the first thing you have to notice is the on-base percentage for all three of these guys over 400. So again, 
that should really be our first clue that the disciplinary baskets are pretty even. Of course, Soto just jumping off the page at 460. But I think Soto's lead here really ends there. He has an incredible better than elite control of the strike zone, but I think he may actually end up being a little too patient. You'll see what I mean when we get to the end of this exercise. So again, on-base percentage is elite across the board. All the batting averages above 300, which is just excellent, all validated with really good expected BAs. Where the tables start to turn here when we're looking at the details, when we get into the power metrics, as we switch to slugging, WOBA and ex-WOBA, WOBA on contact and expected WOBA on contact, we see Soto and Guerrero begin to flatten out. They're both incredibly higher than average. These are still all elite numbers, and I do not want to misframe that at all. But the point of this exercise to point out the outliers of the outliers, and that's where Bryce Harper reigns supreme a 615 slug with a 598 X slug. I mean, he is decidedly better across the board when we look at these power metrics. Gonna have to keep that in mind if we're gonna punish him for the discipline. It's coming at the cost of batted ball quality. Now, once we've seen that the ball is getting hit, let's dive into our elevation metrics, of course, ever so important. Now, before we go any further, I want to point people to that top kind of title line there where you see LA and then you see SD parentheses LA. Now, again, you come for the context, you come for the nuance. I'm bringing you the advanced stats, but I'm not just going to match. I want to explain to you and understand what we use, why we use it, and how to use it. So what you see with LA is average launch angle. Now, generally, it's not that helpful of a stat right? A hundred and zero make an average of 50, which would make you think average. But when we look at the granular breakdown, we see they're on the extreme. So yes, average launch angle can get you in trouble, but you do want to have an idea. It can give you an idea, particularly on the extremes. And that's what we have with Juan Soto with a very low launch angle. We know he puts the ball on the ground a little bit too much for an elite power hitter, which was also part of the reason why I had Soto capped at around 32 home runs last year. I think he finished with 29. So I know I'm a tremendous Soto fan. He's part of my personal card collection. You know, I love Juan Soto. I actually have a Juan Soto tank top. It's the only piece of MLB apparel I own that is not New York Yankees. Just to give you an idea of how much I love him, it's not a personal thing, but a six degree average launch angle is very low. And again, we've seen that reflected in the power metrics. Now that next stat you see is maybe one you're not familiar with, but I'm telling you, it is something you will in the future. SDLA is your standard deviation of launch angle. I know, I know, I know. Don't panic. We're going to explain it. Standard deviation of launch angle. Let's put it this way. It's your launch angle tightness, right? It's the difference between the highest and the lowest launch angles, which makes a lot of sense. If you pop up a lot of balls and put a lot of balls on the ground, you're going to have a really wide standard deviation. We want hitters that keep it tight, but not only that we keep it tight, then we add in the average launch angle. So we want hitters that hit the ball in a tight ray, right? That angle off the bat, that all-important launch angle. So we want that tight, but we also want it lifted. So 28 degrees is right around where we start getting really good. Those are the best hitters are 28 or below as far as standard deviation. Where you see Soto a little bit higher, again, because of all those ground balls. Guerrero at the awesome 28. But Bryce Harper not only has the definitive edge in tightness, which again, none of these things are their own or enough to make a decision. 
but he also has the highest launch angle. So having a 26 degree standard deviation launch angle at an average of 13 degrees, Harper, again, the clear leader here when we're looking at elevation as far as launch angle and tightness goes. And then I think that also is reflected in the main metrics that we're used to seeing. These are uh, provided by fan graphs. So the ground ball rate for Soto up over 52, that's a little bit too high. The line drive rate, Harper the only one over 20, over 21. He's up near 22, and he also has the best fly ball rate. So again, if we're looking just at elevation, got to give the tip of the hat to Harper. Let's move on over to the hard hit rates. These are all way too close to call. I would not be making any kind of actionable decisions on one percentage point here or there. Get over to the bow rates again. 13 and 15 for Soto and Guerrero, respectively, are awesome. Harper just popping them off the page. I mean, that is a tremendous disparity by percentage. 18% bow rate for Bryce Harper, just monstrous. And maybe it has to do with what I mentioned before, that experience. He's 29, he's been in the league. We all love the shiny new thing. Soto and Guerrero are just that. They're both going to contend for MVPs in every single healthy year they have. But Harper just has a couple more miles on the tire. Maybe a bit more of that man strength. He's getting it done. So again... Discipline to Soto, elevation to Harper, hard hit rates and bow rates to Harper. Blast rate the same, 10.6, really close to Guerrero's 9.9. So if we're tracking Guerrero, right, we've talked more about Soto and Harper being on the edges. Guerrero, though, really steady, doing everything really well. People were worried about the ground ball rate. It was 45, so a bit higher than maybe we like from a power hitting Guerrero, but he has corrected a lot of that, the 36.5% fly ball rate also on the way up as far as trends go for Guerrero. So again, remember growth not being linear. We're not throwing away Soto or Guerrero at all. We're here again, just parsing out the details. And you have to give it to Bryce Harper as we meet our way through these baskets, everybody, right? Discipline being but it was, even with Harper at the third place, right? Like I said, pulling up the caboose. But man, you're pulling up the caboose on the F1. So... I would have to say, because again, I don't come into this exercise or any exercise with like a predetermined outcome. And if I really did, it probably would have been Soto. He's my favorite player. I know the on-base percentages through the roof, something that we equate with success in point leagues, which I think, of course, will translate. But, man, as I go through all the advanced stats and just looking at the trends and, again, all the input stats that I really focus on, if I had the first pick in a point league right now, I think I'm selecting Bryce Harper. And now you know I'm doing my own work because that I have not really seen as a consensus anywhere. I have seen Soto chosen before as well as Guerrero, but I haven't seen any first place bids at the 1.01 for Bryce Harper. So that's actually my decision and I think the conclusion that I've got for today's video. Again, these guys should probably be going one, two, and three. And if everyone kind of liked the video and everything like that, maybe I'll pick up and we'll do the next set and just get through this piece by piece in the draft coming up with these apples to apples decisions and showing you not only how I make the decision, but you know why I did. Anybody could just tell you, oh, take him or oh, take him. I'd really like to lay out the work and even give you the ammunition to counter me. Again, I, I, I don't try and make definitive claims. I just do the best I can to 
put myself in the best probabilistic scenario to succeed. So, all the Soto stands and Guerrero stands out there, please don't hate me. I'm still collecting those cards in the PC. But if you're down with me and the work we're doing right now, I have Bryce Harper as the number one overall pick in points leagues for the 2022 fantasy baseball season. Thanks, everybody, for watching the video. Please get in the comments again. Let me know how I'm doing. Please subscribe to the channel. You can also subscribe to the Corkstatch channel itself. I have some advanced pitching breakdowns. We'll be here on the Mayo Media Network every Monday and Friday. And then somewhere in the middle, I'm going to try and get a Corkstatch video out every week. Again, it's an off-season for some, but not for us. So I think that'll do it, everybody. Thanks again for your precious time. Enjoy the rest of your holiday season. Please have a happy, a healthy, and prosperous new year. I think that'll do it, man. I catch this on the flip side, everybody. Peace.